I love non-binary people. I mean, it's been a terrible week of being non-binary on the internet. I literally got robbed. Would you consider yourself Ye's muse? Yeah, a little, maybe. Dear President Vladimir Putin, I'm so sorry that I was not your mother. I have the best advice for women in business. Get your fucking ass up and work. I mean, I was Josh Safdie's muse when he wrote Uncut Jazz. Right. Ukraine is a submissive bottom. Russia is a dumb top. It seems like nobody wants to work these days. So then, a group of besties called NATO. Dear President Vladimir Putin. I am Che Ukraine. Get your fucking ass up and work. Like, what okay. if we try to say something and see if it syncs up? Okay, ready, go. Hi, cringe cells. cells. Welcome, Welcome to, to <laughs> Post Cringe. Cringe. A podcast that's Rogan experience <laughs> for girls and men with low T. You have to <laughs> stop saying that. I, well, like, it's I, kind of true. We, I we can't have, actually be... I feel like I have good testosterone levels despite being 5'8". <laughs> I have, like, the perfect amount a lot of people are saying. No, that's what I think, too, Ted. Okay, I, like, so per- really awesome we're Joe Rogan tea. experience for, pe- for girls and men with perfect amount of tea. Yeah. You guys have to introduce us. Ugh, that's true. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Hi, Cringe Shells. You're listening to Post Cringe, a podcast that's... It's really... It's good. We're just being YOLO today. We okay, so me and Sky were supposed to have a different guest today. No offense to you two, like I'm so happy that you're on the podcast, but we were supposed to have a different guest. And we were so supposed to have someone just, else. And so basically, we just said, you know what, YOLO, let's just like do whatever. Let's just be silly and let's just be random. Have our boy, yeah. Let's be random. Let's have our boyfriends on and let's grill them. Well, last episode we talked a lot about women who are being stupid about things, and so even though women are really smart, they are no. And to prove that, we're gonna do an episode on men posting their L's because we did one on women posting their L's. So you invited the two closest people you know to men who are neither men and are both <laughs> yeah. non-binary. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that means you guys can be unbiased about it. Yeah. That's the important uh, yeah. thing. It's like if you're neither gender, you can be unbiased in speaking about both genders. So it's basically, true. this is all scientifically proven. You can look anything up and it's all correct. So You can look anything up these days. That is so true. It's like you can look up what like what, what do these symptoms mean? Why do I have a cramp in my chest? And Google Where did all says, this blood come from? Cancer. Yeah, where did I, oh my god, I just saw this insane <laughs> news article that was like, man coughs up a blood clot in the shape of a lung. <laughs> and it's like this beautiful, like, blood clot that's like, like this big, and it's like, has a bunch of stems and stuff. And he dies but right it, after. <laughs> kind oh of buried the, god. <laughs> kind of buried the Not lead funny, there. but... Headline should have no, been but the doctor, <laughs> the doctor died. was like that. No, listen, the doctor was like, it was honestly like a really beautiful blood clot. Too bad he died. Well, I just think you should do an intro, like just start the pod. Wait, I thought that we already did the intro. What was me saying? Hi, guys. Welcome. I, to I guess we cringe. didn't say everyone's names, though. OK, take five. Yeah. So first we've got Will. Hi, Will. What's up? OK, awesome. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Sweet. That was great. 
What's up? And we also have Ted. Hey, thanks Ted, for having me on so your podcast. Darkened. Yeah, I'm going to plug in my lamp, but like we don't need to talk about it on the podcast. I feel like uh, this is like, I just the type feel of- like no. <laughs> Just see so your silhouette ominous. though. Like <laughs> Yeah, sometimes I'm in darkness. It's like very mysterious. one thing I'll Just say is like sometimes it's range. like kind of dark, but like other times like it'll be like brighter out. I think like there's like ranges of light. You Wait, know, like, dude, I've literally noticed. Yeah, that too. I'm experiencing that right now. And, you know, golden hour is something I learned about. And it's when it's the perfect lighting for you to take a photo, take a selfie for Instagram. It's crazy. Like, it's crazy. They invented the perfect lighting for Instagram. So now it's time for the segment where we rank the pronouns. So just actually, wait, this is actually really cool. So the pronouns of everyone here, we've got they, she, they, them, she, her, and they, he. That's one so of that's a lot of them. Have, we have like almost all of them. I think yeah. we Which actually do they, have them? really good. Uh, isn't will they them? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot. Cause I say boyfriend, so I'm like, I get confused sometimes. They they boy. They boyfriend, but yeah, they them. I don't have pronouns. What are our so thoughts on neo pronouns? Like I was just fear. gonna say, Guys. when I hear the word neo pronouns, obviously my mind goes to neo Nazis, and I don't like neo Nazis, so I would say I don't like neo pronouns either. I've never even okay, heard so of those. Okay, so that's one opinion. Ted, you've never heard of like Zizim's Zers? Oh, is that what that is? I hope they're happy. Listen, I hope they're happy too. Can I say a sincere thing about my pronouns really quick? Yeah. Yes. I like actually don't like picking my pronouns. Like I like I was kidding, but I'm also like being so sincere. Like I hate when someone asks me my pronouns. Is that wrong? <laughs> no, I think no. it's No, it's the worst. One time somebody asked I've my pronouns at Zebulon and I didn't circle. have an answer. Well, that's Wait, same. That, that happened, happened to me in Zebulon too. It's a really it's, good thought. It's a really good thought. It's just sometimes in actuality, like just a way to like clock people, and it is yes, just kind sure. of uncomfortable. Like for me, I guess it's just because my non-binariness is like more of a like thing that I want my friends to know, and I want like the people around me to know, and the queer people around me to know, and to like we all get it. But, like, I don't want to wear it on my shirt. You know what I mean? Like, I would... Because I also get not wanting someone to assume. But, like, as somebody who's trans, it's, like, I would rather somebody assume he than, like, come up to me and be, like, what are your pronouns for me? But that's because I'm That makes sense. Like, it's a different experience. Do you guys feel like asking people to do a pronoun circle is kind of forcing people to out themselves as whatever? I think it well like honestly like I think it kind of forces you to have an answer to that question or you kind of seem like a little bit regressive but like for a while I didn't have an answer to that question and like when people would ask me I would just kind of be like uh and then it would seem like I didn't know about pronouns which is kind of a Republican vibe so I think it's just kind of uncomfortable like I don't know you'll find out someone's pronouns if they want you to know i'm in that situation with my job where a lot of people have them in their like email signature or in their like slack username and i have she her because i don't want to get into it with people i work with especially because everybody there is older for sure and so it is weird because it's like i feel like if you don't have it it seems like you're being regressive but the thing is is every single person is cis except for two people who aren't as far as i know 
but it's like all it's like all the you know older cis like well-meaning liberals who are putting you know their binary pronouns and then like the rest of us are like what do we do yeah, yeah. i was actually about to say something similar like i've definitely only noticed people who are like he him or she her with their pronouns like like next to their name and their email or whatever like like in a workplace setting a lot of the time yeah exactly and i i kind of also like i feel like personally like there are situations in which i do just want to be a man like specifically like professional settings or like with my family like i don't want like having a queer identity to be a big part of like certain aspects of my life because i don't think it has to be um so yeah yeah, like i I am that's really fair and like sometimes like your queer identity needs to feel separate from like the day-to-day because it's like it's just like you can't walk around day to day like and expect everyone to like know that you're non-binary like it's just like not how the world works and so like sometimes keeping it separate like unfortunately i don't know if this is unfortunate but just like sometimes keeping it separate is like i I don't want to explain myself like i don't want to have to like be an also i know it would be a situation because i present femme like it would be a situation where i know that my boss or coworkers would like numerous times like she her me and then be like oh sorry and then i'd have to like make them feel better for messing up and i think that's part of it too is like i don't want to have to like comfort some or like attend to somebody else's feelings for them feeling bad for like knowing they've misgendered me versus just being like yeah whatever like it's fine I mean, I've been on so many, like, film sets or whatever where they'll do a pronoun circle and it's, like, everyone there is cis and also pretty straight. And, like, I'm, like, the only, like, visibly queer person there. Like, and by visibly queer, I just mean, like, like I'm I'm the one who, like, people can, you know, kind of tell that there's something going on. And <laughs> so, like... I f- a lot of the time it feels like the pronoun circle is for me. It's like for them to have their confusion cleared up. And that's right. just like, it's just, it's like, it's extremely uncomfortable and soloing me out. And like, I, oh, I sound so complainy right now, but m- my point is just like, it's just, if somebody is like, Hey, I like trying to be respectful. Like I think privately being like, you're you use they right you use he like what like in a in a kind of like very just non annoying and public way just like asking you like i don't think that's a big deal it's more of like making it a whole attention grabbing thing for me or like in the middle of a room in front of all these people asking or like a pronoun circle you know you just (laughs) triggered a memory in me when in a history class when i was in high school we were talking about like world war ii and the holocaust and like the nazi party and my teacher like asked he was like oh if any jewish people are in here like raise your hand (laughs) and i think i was the only one and he asked me essentially a version of like do you agree that jews are like sort of greedy i'm not even kidding oh my god he didn't say those words he didn't say those words directly but he was like do you feel like jews are like more likely to be bankers or like sort of more protective (laughs) over their money like it was such a targeted question a little bit more frugal yeah he didn't directly say greedy but it was like so coded and it was so uncomfortable and i remember just being like so traumatized after that and i was just like i'm never gonna like tell people i'm jewish so should we move on to the first topic of the podcast i feel like since we have two non-binary people here who are totally unbiased, we want to talk about pick me men. 
because I think it's an important thing to talk about since we were sort of like like shitting on women and women's L's last week. Yeah, I mean, I think first we should like define what we mean by pick me guys because I feel like the concept of pick me girls is more well known, although perhaps it is yeah. not. And I think the idea of like pick me girls is it's the type of girl. Well, I think it has a few different iterations, but one of them is like, I'm a guy's girl. Like, I love beer. Like, put the game on. Like, I'm so chill. Like, I don't care if a guy does misogyny to me. I'm just hanging out and guys rock. And then I think there's also the sort of like lefty. And also, putting women down. Yeah, yeah, putting other women down. That's fucking awesome. And then there's the lefty also version that I think is the feminism's gone too far. And I'm like into Camille Paglia and um, think that. Oh my Women god, suck, but Yeah, I think we should do a Pac Man. I went like but, three um, years It's just like Pac-Man. you may as well read Ayn Ryan, you know? Ayn Rand. Ayn Rand. Okay, Ayn Rand. Yeah. <laughs> Ayn Rand. Yeah. Ayn Rand. Wait, who who's more one of them is cringe? Ayn Rand or Paglia? All I know Ayn is Rand. I almost went on a date, a hinge date with a guy whose bio was like you should go out with me if you love Camille Paglia. So that was, I didn't, it, I never did, but it, that would have been a dark moment. One time I, I went to the desert and shot this. guns at Ayn Rand books. <laughs> <laughs> I have a copy of Sexual Person A because, yeah, I used to be a Red Scare shorty and I wanted to know what was up. I'm not surprised. Listen, we are all coming out as ex red scare shorties yeah i mean that's true ted is an ex come town shorty I, though which is substantially worse no so okay no <laughs> oh, my, wait, my, but so am i though ugh, guys like i've i had both like i had Sorry. a relationship that was primarily fueled by the fact that we both really liked red scare and then she left me and i got black pilled and started listening to come town and got obsessed with adam friedland and literally went to a come town like live taping in highland park los angeles and like was like damn this really resonates with me i'm so fucking alone um and then i was like super come town pilled through my senior year of college and then covid hit and i was like okay i'm going to be sincere now no more irony po- poisoning and yeah now i i actually just blacked out and i didn't hear my boyfriend say any of that yeah that i, I have no like were you was your like microphone muted yeah i, think I don't know anyways broke. um not really important uh so moving on um <laughs> this guy's gonna cut that <laughs> um anyways <laughs> didn't hear you say that's that. by the way way more sincere or severe than like i just sometimes listen to episodes and they were super anti-semitic Oh, well, I, I listened to Red Scare out of self-harm, too. So, like, we've all been there. I think we probably all listened to the podcasts, those those podcasts in, like, different self-harm ways. Like, for me, it would yeah. be, like, so I could hear them call, like, size sixes fat cows. And I'd be like, okay, I'm not going to eat now. And yeah. then you would listen to them say, like, transphobic shit. And then, yeah. like, Elena would hear anti-Semitic. Like, we all listened to, like, various forms of self-harm. <laughs> Yeah, but our first date was the Red Scare movie. We aren't. I feel like this is worth mentioning. Oh, it's not. Elena, a red, and I, it's not. Elena and I saw that on a date too. You need to stop calling it the Red Scare movie, though. It was just like it, yeah, it was, she has it was a the name. Dasha movie. Dasha, but it wasn't like it say had nothing name. to do with. Did Anna not make the cameo? Can I say one thing about that movie? Is I watched so I watched Dasha's interview after she like did this li- like Q and A thing, 
and she talked about like her inspiration for the movie was like um sort of the futile quest of like finding answers to what happened and like the like trying to get to the bottom of the Jeffrey Epstein situation and she was just like yeah they're just really throughout the movie really trying to get some answers but like them doing that was literally just like taking pills and kissing like they weren't actually doing (laughs) wait wait you mean the the Dasha like in the Q&A said that she thought that 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 they were trying to get answers in that movie like that that would (laughs) no her the inspiration was for the movie was her being like it's sort of fueled by the frustration of desperately searching for answers and finding nothing coming up with nothing but the desperate searching question was the girls taking pills and kissing (laughs) also just literally knows we're talking about we're talking about the movie the scary of 61st which is dasha nekrasova's directorial debut i feel like yeah i don't know i just want to put that out in case anybody wants to look into it but all i have to say about the movie is there there really is it's excruciating and i think the only thing that can be more excruciating than sitting through like a really (laughs) shitty movie by a really shitty person is doing it on your first date with somebody uh where you like really have no idea what their vibe is and like watching like having to sit next to them while like this like chick on screen like stuffs like pictures of prince andrew like up her vagina in this like bleeding wait that was so funny it was kind of a make or break. Like it was either gonna go really well or like we couldn't speak again you for know like how, many years. You know how on The Bachelor they do like challenges to see if they can like wi- um if they can like face hardships in their relationship and they'll go on like dates and have to like skydive. I feel like that. Should I've be actually, one. F- I've famously never seen The Bachelor because I'm just well, like they, a, a yeah, guy's a guy's <laughs> a guy's yeah, person. Uh, like I'm just you know I'm kind of like chill and I like like sports more, but um. Right. I yeah, no, I, I do think I that was up. basically a bachelor challenge, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, speaking of a guy's girl, we've sort of been able to define the pick me girl. Um, but I think a pick me guy can also be a red scare guy. No. I don't mm, wait, no, I kind of think so. Mm, well, that's a different kind of guy. That's not pick me guy, that's like edgelord guy. Yeah, I actually I think, think like I don't know, I meaningfully think those are like different ends of the guy spectrum so let's try to define pick me guy right pick me girls are sort of doing it out of like internalized misogyny and a desire to um be chosen and be liked and be loved right in this world that um is still like patriarchal whatever and then pick me guys are doing it out of like horniness right it's like i'm gonna be super like feminist and like paint my nails i think i think the nail painting has become sort of the primary like pick me guy moment which sucks because i do think that like it's also fine if guys do it like whatever but i think that that's become sort of an aesthetic that's synonymous with the pick me and it's just to get pussy it can be a signifier i'm a retired he him with painted nails well, Ted, here's the thing is like that now that you're they, he, well, we'll get to this when we pronoun rank, but now that you're they, he, like we're allowed to like paint our nails and stuff. But if you're he, they, it's, it's you're if you're gay and he, they, you're allowed to paint your nails. If you're straight and he, they, it's like, okay, you're probably being a pick me by painting your nails. No, dead ass. A, I actually wait, completely uh, maybe agree cut with this. this guy, but maybe cut this guy, but maybe being he, they is pick me. That like literally <laughs> is what I tried to stop myself from saying earlier. I'm kidding, but I'm doing it to make a point that there are a lot of 
people who like adapt it as a like like a way to like get laid i'm sure it's not you know in fact i know it's not the majority but it's like it's i'm just making fun of those people i'm just trying to think of examples of he they's that i have seen that like aren't because i think i know a lot of like gay yeah like he they's like gay guys or like trans people but like a he they with a like girlfriend yeah (laughs) I can't, I honestly can't think of any though. I mean, I'm sh- I definitely know some and, or like he, they adjacent and they're, um. What's he, they adjacent? Yeah, what is he, they like, adjacent? I'm thinking of specific people. Well, like people who like are probably he, they. The thing about this is we're all just picking from like anecdotal yeah. people in our lives. but <laughs> No, I'm, it's the logic is like literally like, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I know a guy anecdotally with painted nails who had sex. I know a guy with painted nails who's a predator. Wait, we're kind of doing the the, the guy thing, <laughs> like that Twitter thing that we you guys were making fun of last week. Like, oh, what the guy we who were, does this. Oh, the type. It's like, no, that's just a person you know. We do. We are sort of doing the type of guy discourse. The type of guy who paints his their nails is also yeah. low key a predator. So let's talk about what actually a pick, what actual pick me guy behavior is, rather than aesthetics of it. Like, it the actual behavior right. is like pretending to be a feminist and then like being a sex offender. And honestly, I think sometimes it's, like, people who are, like, really well-meaning who might actually, like, think, like, or might even be, like, decent guys, but then, like, making it a thing of kind of adopting it as an online aesthetic or, you know, sort of firing off a bunch of tweets that are, like, I love women or, like, making TikToks that are, like, if your boyfriend isn't treating you right, I'm going to kick his ass. And I think that's sort of public-facing yeah. nature. Because I think the thing is, is, like, when somebody actually has good politics or, like, if you actually respect women, you do it in private or you show it in your, like, actions towards other people. You don't need to, like, tweet about how, like, eating pussy is the most feminist act. I also think there is this thing, you know what the most horrid type of pick-me guy actually is, I think are the ones that are, like go women like I love women with OnlyFans like every woman like feel empowered make an OnlyFans Uh, get naked I there's a huge like pro porn like pro sex work type of male feminist where it's like their understanding of feminism like kind of starts and stops at like if this woman is sexually liberated i.e. like we'll fuck them feasibly in some it's pretty transparently just self-serving I think like you well, just radi- want to watch that porn radical feminism has like famously always been anti-porn and like not anti-sex workers but like anti the porn industry and like liberal liberal feminism has always been really pro-sex and like pro-sex worker which is like there are positives to obviously both of those things but i feel like guys can like a ad- or you know like the pick me guy can like adopt the like very like lib femme version of it which is like yes like all girls should like strip down and get naked all the time yeah that's awesome sex positivity culture which i was well-meaning when i was 15 i was very much like oh don't slut shame me for like wearing a crop top or whatever but like now when i see literal like teenagers um, you know, making on- one thing is like, you know, the girls who make an OnlyFans the day that they turn 18 and it's like, oh, you've literally been groomed. Like you've been groomed by like society to be like, oh, this is going to be the most sexually liberating or like 
feminist thing for me to do like the day I turn 18 like I'm gonna make an OnlyFans because like I'm an empowered woman and like fuck slut shaming and it's like oh no that's actually like tragic like no like and it's okay if people want to be sex workers and like obviously I'm not shaming that and I don't think that it's like degrading to do sex work or like degrading to have an OnlyFans like I you know that's fine but just like the idea that like people's conceptions of feminism as literal like children like are so tied to sex like they're like the idea that that is the sort of ultimate goal without really understanding all the potential ramifications like it's like you know just launching into it without having an idea of like the reach of um you know what it could be or like understanding like what the possible outcomes could be because I mean I feel like everybody I knew when we were fucking like middle schoolers like would go on like omegle and have guys be like flash your tits and like sometimes people would do it, you know, and like not understanding like what that really was and then being like low key traumatized by like experiences with people on the Internet sexually from childhood. And then like looking back on it and being like, oh, like maybe this wasn't a good situation. And just like the fact that now that sort of lack of knowledge can be spun into something that's like pseudo woke feminist is like way more insidious, I think. OnlyFans is rebrand as like a feminist platform is really weird because it's essentially this is gonna sound reactionary but it is sort of like a sex trafficking mlm like successful influencers on that app are encouraged to recruit specifically younger girls onto the app and then they get benefits from it so it's just like very uh dubious and it's sort of branded as this empowering experience for women what kind of benefits though i don't think it is i don't really know i'd have to look this up but the numbers of like the statistics of how likely you are to be successful on OnlyFans is like there's essentially like a handful of creators that are really really successful and then like 80 percent of other ones are barely make any money Right. It is sort of an MLM in that sense. And like, I mean, look, I think that people should like if you're doing sex work, like you should get paid for like, you know, especially for people who don't have other like feasible ways to like make income, like people can make such good money on that. And like that can be like empowering to like be able to pay your rent or like, you know, have put food on the table. But like I just yeah, it's really irresponsible when these like older, like really popular creators um, make it sound like there's no risk. So what? Are pick me guys base or cringe? Cringe. cringe. I think if you love, 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 love women so much, then it's based. No. I think majority of the time, like Sky said, the people who are flaunting their feminism, specifically the men who are flaunting their feminism, are doing it to get laid. And in fact, I have evidence, which is anecdotal and non-scientific but still true um <laughs> and it's that the most outwardly feminist guy who i went to college with ended up being a sex offender like ended up assaulting someone and like it being like really fucked up yeah and i mean even on like a less severe level like the person who i dated who was like treated me the worst in the relationship was also the one who was like the most publicly like seemingly like a good guy and part of like a friend group that is like a good guy group and like our friends with like really public facing like feminist you know sort of like leftist women friends and like seem like good guys and like was simultaneously like by far the most like manipulative 
manipulative toxic person that I've been with and like that yeah. doesn't mean that it's like intentional or that they're like a sex offender even but I think that I I think honestly I would I could go into like the sort of good guy trope even more so than like a pick me guy thing because pick me guy I think is sort of it's more um it feels more calculated because it's like they're sort of aware of what they're doing but I think there's this whole sort of complex moral conundrum with like men who do truly want to be good guys but then are so kind of caught up in the idea of being a good guy that it then becomes this own sort of like narcissism ego thing that is then also really harmful but it's way less intentional than being a pick me guy it's like I like they do genuinely have good intentions but like because of sort of like the fragility of the male ego socially it becomes sort of this like Achilles heel where it also is like the way that they sort of can't respond to criticism or can't you know even the type of guy the type of guy but you know like the conversations when if you kind of try to bring up sort of a gripe or like an issue in a relationship and then it becomes like a total 360 where you're then like comforting the other person for like being like oh I'm such a shitty guy I'm the worst like it's part of this like good me? guy complex. I'm Whoa. not at all. That's the thing. <laughs> like that's what's actually crazy because I'm literally not subtweeting you whatsoever. Well, I feel like um, <laughs> yeah, not at all. Well, I feel like I present as sort of like a bad guy, and then I actually am like just <laughs> like such a feminist. That's how my dad described being non-binary. <laughs> what? Explain. In his experience, he was like, sometimes I'm a bad boy, and sometimes I I cook. wait that's true that's non-binary as fuck (laughs) yeah cooking is non-binary for sure wait todd say your theory about photographers oh yeah i mean this is just it's not even a theory this is just true like if you're in a relationship with a photographer it's a straight relationship it doesn't matter what the pronouns or genders involved are like photographers (laughs) are just inherently straight and it's inherently straight of you to date one period I know you're joking, but I actually think there's something I could sort of go into like Lacanian mirror theory and like Laura Mulvey male gaze, like the camera, because the camera is like the camera, the gaze, the window, (laughs) the camera's the gaze. And so like, regardless, like the camera is like exerting this gaze in sort of sort of critical theory terms that creates this kind of straightness. What What if you're a painter? What if you're painting some? What if you're painting a woman? Painting, painting is gay. a woman is a great point. No, guys. <laughs> painting <laughs> is gay. Photography is straight. Done. End the podcast. Like we've solved. No, it. this is a perfect segue into this article about aesthetic castration. Did you guys do the reading? Of course, <laughs> babe. <laughs> no, dead ass. Okay, let me pull up this piece. Because this guy is literally talking about how painting how painting is like inherently horny. And I think now it, it can't be. So Dude, you know whoever, like, if you see like a painting of like a beautiful like vista, like just like the fucking ocean or like a boat like water or like oil painting type shit that is horny for sure you know that guy was horny as hell wait that's like georgia o'keefe's flowers yeah okay well that's more explicit (laughs) george no well i think it's crazy you noticed that too no i think i'm the first one to notice that georgia o'keefe traumatized me because she's the one famous alum that went to my high school and when i was in eighth 
when I was in eighth grade and like I found out I was going to this high school like we had this project in eighth grade where we had to like pick a painter and like present on their art and I chose Georgia O'Keeffe because I was like oh my god like she's an alum of the school I'm about to go to and I didn't know shit about Georgia O'Keeffe and so then when I was doing the research I was like oh my god these are all vagina flowers and her whole thing is like painting these vagina flowers and now I have to stand up and like give a presentation to like a class of 13 year old boys about vagina flowers and like I had to spend like extra time trying to find like her least horny paintings and that was trauma yeah babe I'm really sorry Georgia O'Keeffe causes (laughs) trauma and you heard it here first on the post cringe pod She's no, I actually think George cringe. O'Keefe is super based, though. No, no she's oh, George any, O'Keefe is based. Anything, anything that George traumatizes O'Keefe. my partner, that's fucking cringe to me. Okay, so now we're going to talk about this article. So basically, just to recap, there's this magazine that launched last week called Compact Magazine that was basically like a sort of conservative anti basically here's a quote we believe that the ideology of liberalism is at odds with the virtue of liberality we oppose liberalism because we seek a society more tolerant of human difference and human frailty basically it's just you know the anti-cancel culture like i should be able to say that i think jews are kind of greedy and not get flack for it like whatever like that type of (laughs) anyways the really based thing about this magazine is that they didn't First of all, I think they accidentally named it after a German neo-fascist magazine. Like, and it was the first thing that came up when you Googled it for, like, the first few days. Maybe it was an accident. Whatever. Weird name choice. Second, when you Google it, it's compact mag. So then everything that comes up is gun magazines. Guns are based. So it's just horrible SEO. It's, like, impossible to find, considering it's supposed to be the new, like, radical alternative, like, ushering free speech back into the press you can't even fucking can i read a line from the case for the case against aesthetic castration yeah so this is an article called the case against aesthetic castration it's by adam lehrer um he starts off this paragraph saying me too has given a new force to dworkin's argument since the movement emerged in 2017 the definition of what constitutes sexual assault and predatory behavior has broadened radically it now includes flirtatious gestures one seen as harmless and later in the paragraph he's like (laughs) um and though men haven't cut off their penises and mass we have started altering our behavior we think twice about complimenting a woman on her perfume we worry about how long our gaze lingers and we second guess every interaction with the opposite sex i love the line where he said we worry about how long our gaze lingers like how long are you staring at <laughs> he's <women>? like <laughs> he's like guys can't do normal stuff anymore like stare at women for just like stare at a woman for <laughs> hours elongated on periods of time. i missed when i could do that so i can't look at my co-workers breasts, <laughs> but it's <laughs> i like i like the previous sentence which is an insane sentence to me and it's <laughs> I'm going to read it again. And though men haven't cut off their penises and mass, we have started altering our behavior. <laughs> Two entirely different things. The structure, the grammatical structure where it's posing these two things as mirrors of each other on the same level. It's like those are two completely different things. <laughs> Thinking twice is the same as cutting my dick off. <laughs> not not staring down a woman's shirt is basically cutting my dick off. How dare you ask me that? 
It was insane. Uh, it's so funny. Um. Okay, we're gonna keep going. It's just like in the middle of the of the article. There's just a giant quote that says, "The history of art, for better or for worse, is also a history of male desire." What is your historical like? The fact that that's his like basis of what art has been is like so telling. That's such a good point. That's like eradicating any female art that's ever been made any trans art that's ever been made any queer art that's ever been made like any art by men that hasn't been about women like it's just like what are you talking about and also i like the phrase for better or for worse like he's he's basically he's 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 negating himself in his own sentence listen i'm not making i'm not taking a stance on this but 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 all (laughs) art is about getting pussy It kind of is, though. Do you want to elaborate on that more, Um, (laughs) Yeah. No. (laughs) I've made art art for a a lot of reasons, actually. Yeah. Yeah, Only one of those reasons was getting laid. Yeah, maybe... Maybe, like, two of them. (laughs) Maybe two. I honestly, like, didn't become a songwriter because I wanted to get laid. Like, I did that because, like, I just kind of, like, felt this, like, inherent calling. And, like, anytime I ever, like, said or wrote like any poetic music like it wasn't to get pussy honestly it honestly has it, it usually results in the opposite that's actually no kind comment. of true i think yeah also i just want to take a step back real quick and say that um for some people it might sound like we're talking about this like really random sort of niche publication that just like has a couple of readers and like isn't really a big deal but it actually i want to be clear that this place where this like insane article is published like a lot of established people are partaking in it like slavoj zizek huge fucking zizek i've actually forgot how to say it. i've seen Baby, you I've don't have to know how to say like, his name i don't know how to say <laughs> i've literally That's seen him really come beautiful. and talk like he gave a presentation at my college you've seen him come sky <laughs> And talk. Wait, which one did he do? Which one did he do first? You know what I'm saying? A famous philosopher, basically. And then also, like, another one of the contributing editors is, like, the founder of the publication that I work at, who no longer works at this publication, but was the guy who, like, broke the Snowden, Edward Snowden leaks. These are, like, heavy hitters. Like, I mean, I don't know. I guess it remains to be seen, like, how successful this... um publication is but it's not like some random like internet weirdos because i just feel like this article reads like it's some dude on reddit but this is like a guy who like regularly writes for forbes what i feel like they're missing like is what what are you actually critiquing because if you're critiquing like some sort of like carceral system that we've like remade to like punish people for being non-pc right essentially like actually like punishment and like kind of a replica of of our prison industrial complex or whatever but on the internet like that's a critique that you can make but like critiquing people for just having opinions and being like yeah it sucks when men just paint naked bodies all the time and are obsessed with taking photos of naked women like people are allowed to have those critiques so what are you like what are you criticizing people's opinions on you or like their way of going about it you know because it's so much of this yeah because so much of this just seems like they're just critiquing like men should be allowed to make nude art and it's like no one's fucking stopping you from painting a naked woman people are gonna say you're weird maybe but (laughs) i mean i don't think think it depends on the woman you know what i mean you know what i mean (laughs) how how hot is she how good are her tits (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i think it's really that they just want to continue doing this without 
garnering any criticism well, at yeah, all. It's just, well, so I think, okay, just to answer some part of that question, like he goes into a MoMA PS1 exhibit and says that this exhibit shows how radically things have changed in recent years. Though it features a few non-male or non-heterosexual artists dealing in sexually explicit imagery, there's hardly one straight male artist deriving inspiration from his sexual desire for women. This trend is only more pronounced in the upcoming Whitney Biennial. So he's also making a claim more so than just people disagreeing. He's making a claim that there's some form of like institutional oppression. You can't find straight men's sexually explicit art in museums anymore is like part of this argument. And he says, so what happened? Where are all the libidinally charged men in contemporary art? I mean, he's supposed to be a fucking like art critic. Like that's how curation works though. Like when you think about artistic curation and museums, it goes in waves. Like the things that will be on display in museums change. Like it's a curator's job to like decide what goes in a museum and like it's not always gonna be what you want it to be and like there are different waves of sort of like what exhibits I mean I don't know like I could fucking make a statement about like I'm fucking sick of contemporary art museums like having like Jeff Koons and stupid fucking his stupid fucking balloon animals and like Instagram I think art. Like, I don't know I hate that's just a difference in curatorial opinion. It's not equivalent to like the death of manhood. That just means you're just not. Exactly. I don't know. No, I, I went to the LA art show this year and there were not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, oh not seven, not eight, not Elena, nine, makes me anxious. but ten, anxious when you do that. 10 RGB paintings. <laughs> Good, as there should be. R.I.P. You want to talk about that? You want to talk about that? And what in one of them? Not kidding. She was wearing a snapback. That's based. That's fly as fuck. You want to talk that's, about no, that? No, that's the lesbian gaze. And okay, I I, I do want to read more from this because that's it's the toxic so funny. Um, okay, he goes. It didn't take long for artists themselves to be targeted. Julia Fox accused. The wheelchair-bound painter Chuck Close, who died last year, of telling the young star that her pussy looks... <laughs> Shut the fuck It looks what? <laughs> delicious. Pussy looks delicious while she posed in the news. That's kind of a weird thing to say, no cap. And I guess... <laughs> That's I, not based, Apparently That's he not was based. targeted for this. I, but I love how he tried to like victimize Chuck Close by being like, a wheelchair-bound <laughs> painter who died last year. Yeah. <laughs> and he's not even allowed to tell a model that her pussy looks delicious. He'll never know walking. Like, let him let him know, pussy. <laughs> the oh, thing that's so funny. Meaningfully, the thing that pisses me off the most about this article and this website is that it's so funny. I wish it was more so boring. Funny. Like, I wish I didn't have shit to say about it. Like, I wish it was fucking, like... You know, like a lot of these conservative <laughs> publications are just like, whatever, you're stupid, you're boring, I disagree with you. But like, this is like, I'm like, oh, it's so good. Like, it's like how Donald Trump would have some really funny tweets sometimes. It's like, fuck, you're yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Rest in peace, devil this incarnate. This is the protruding nipples of articles. It's the what? Oh, it's so true. This is the protruding nipples of articles. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. The, the, Donald Trump's tweet, uh, Barney Frank's nipples, or Barney Frank looked horrible, nipples protruding. 
before Congress this evening. I felt I try. I'm totally tracking, and I agree. I just want to read a couple more lines. Is that fine, or should we? No, please do more. Please go off. Wait, but uh, Ted, can you say your point quickly? Like before, I I just think the (laughs) obvious solution. There needs to be like a museum for like he him kind of like sigmas. Like I'm gonna say it. Like PS One is like it has a non-binary vibe. I've been. That is not. That's a they them museum. Where is That's the also part of museum? It. Why is he getting? But like, honest to God, why is he getting mad about an exhibit at MoMA PS One? Like, yeah, you're if you're gonna be going to fucking MoMA PS One, you have you are you you are gonna expect a non-binary vibe. It's like the no, museum that, where that boiler goes, room book it, shit. It, that goes to right. just prove your point about curation, Sky. It's it's like just because you went to a museum and it wasn't curated in a way that you like doesn't mean that like men are cutting their dicks off there's a lot of conclusions drawn here that shouldn't be i do think that the regular moma in new york has more of a he they vibe whereas like ps1 is just straight up like they them or maybe even like a trans woman like they she can we that's actually yeah could we potentially give pronouns to the la museums really quick yo i I was about to to say yeah getty is they them oh is that true no she Getty, her. Getty, I know you like Ooh. the Getty, but the Getty's, like the Getty the Getty's just like a classic. The Getty's everything, honestly. No, I love the Getty too, but I think it's a classic woman. Like, I think it's a I she, her. I think it's she, her, yeah. No, okay, honestly, because they play ambient music in the train, I'm actually going to say it's they, he, because clearly we have some Whoa. stuff in common uh, with Hot our shared take. love of Ted, just of because ambience. you like the music. Okay. So you're saying no, you I can't like ambient I'm, music? I'm, gate, I'm gatekeeping music. Yeah, only the they are allowed, <laughs> allowed to listen to The Brod ambient. is she, they. The Brod is she, they, because I don't like the Brod. T. So you don't like she, they's? Sky! <laughs> <laughs> no, I, all I know is that the Brod is literally, I was trying to go to the Brod since my freshman year of college. Like, I, my friends and I, like, we, like, booked, a, like, a, you have to make a reservation in advance. And we were going to go and then the trains weren't running and we like couldn't get to L.A. And so then for four years, I was like, I'm going to go to the Broad. I'm going to go to the Broad. And then finally, my senior year, like right before the pandemic, I like finally got to go to the Broad. And I was like, yo, this is literally just an Instagram art museum. Like it was yeah, literally you walked all, in like, and- Jeff Koons. It had like yeah. a big chair and everyone was like taking pictures with the big chair. Um, it probably had like some Yayo Kusama who like Yayo Kusama is like cool, but like it's become an Instagram art. It was just like clearly like curated for the Instagram gaze and like. I was so disappointed. It it, that's really true. And like Barbara Kruger, no, that too, is kind like, of I thought they. was cool. Yeah. DSLR energy. Um, it is. Like I think Barbara Kruger's cool. It's honestly. You know what I really like though? I like Mocha, the Museum of Contemporary Art. I'm gonna give that a. I'm gonna give that a. A they. A they. Them or they she. I think. Oh, Mocha is they, she. totally. No, Mocha's they them for sure. Mocha's like super yeah. non-binary. No, Sky. Sky and Mocha have the same gender. It's either they, she, or they, them, yeah. Yeah, it's non-binary, for sure. This is really LA podcast. Um, yeah, maybe we should I was stop. <laughs> I'm sorry I brought this up. No, I, what, no, what's what's the he, him LA museum? The Natural History Museum. Oh, I love the Natural History Museum. I know, but it's he, him. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, it is. It's like a dad, and I love it, okay, but it's fair. like a dad. One time, yeah, my friend hit me up and was like, do you want to come to this like bug exhibit at the Natural History Museum? And I was like, fuck yeah, I love bugs. And we went... And it wasn't a bug exhibit. It was an exhibit of pictures of bugs. <laughs> it was just photos of bugs. 
It was what really disappointing. Fuck? That's it she. That really not what I expected. That reminded me of this crazy like memory Whoa. I have from my childhood, where like my grandparents who live in like Gainesville, Florida, took me to dinner at like their friend's house, and like their friend's house was just full of like on every wall, just like like dead taxidermied bugs, like spiders, beetles. They were like that was the only art anywhere, and like it was really disturbing because I don't like bugs. Um, Dude, and I was freaked note, out and I, I couldn't eat. There was a summer where I like might have been having a psychotic break as a child because I kept finding like butterfly wings literally everywhere <laughs> and all over. And I remember this so vividly. And I would collect all of them and I put them in a little tin box that was just full of wings from all these like wings I kept finding. Um, and I like thought that like something was happening in my life like I don't know it was very magical I put them all in this tin box and it was like in the garage and the box would heat up and then it got really stinky because all of them were decomposing and I think my mom threw it out but I uh after that I never found any more butterfly wings that's non-binary that's (laughs) non-binary I yeah I collected bugs too and I also had a lot of imaginary friends and so I I had a dude I had a whole list of all my imaginary friends they were all animals though they were all cats with wings. Mine were like f- goblins. Or like hang out with the goblins. Anyway, so should we go back to that, the And that's the difference between like they, he, and they, she. <laughs> yeah, well, they, he is revolutionary war reenacting. Yeah. No, yeah, they, he is revolutionary war reenacting yeah. and having goblin well, imaginary friends. And they, she is like collecting dead butterflies. Yeah. So anyways, back to the article. So it turns out like the the art world, like the decreasing dominance of the male libido in the art world is sort of just a proxy for like the me too movement and how it's like affected men and that becomes really apparent when he says no one wants to acknowledge this reality but it's increasingly perilous to be a (laughs) heterosexual male artist in 2022 predatory behavior isn't just presenting women with unwanted sexual attention it's anything that occurs during a consensual encounter that can later be cast in a negative light but it's like, how does that lap- last part have to do with heterosexual artists? And then he's just talking about, yeah, he's just talking about sexual encounters in general. And then <laughs> this next sentence is epic. Male artists may have not parted with their penises, but it appears that they have taken to castrating themselves aesthetically. He did it twice. Like that's it's the same like sentence the third as time. the other one where it's like men may not be cutting off their penises in mass. It's like <laughs> how did a fucking editor look at that shit and like those are the same sentence. <laughs> also clearly this person okay. is obsessed with dick. I'm yeah. just saying it's a little gay yeah. to talk about penises it's this queer. much. Is this article okay. queer baiting? Real quick, I want to skip to the last paragraph because yeah, it starts well, with this epic sentence. Male artists must reclaim their manhood. Okay. Go off. They yeah. cannot accept aesthetic castration. Failure to resist validates the idea that male heterosexual desire is wrong and should be suppressed. (laughs) I think he actually, I think it's sort of like the white panic thing where like the like sort of white supremacist idea that like white people are going to be replaced by people of color. It's the same idea where he's like, seems like he thinks that like heterosexual men are going to be replaced by like women and queer people. And, like, we need yeah. to, like, act now before we're, like, wiped out. We do. Yeah. The last thing I wanted to point out that I talked about with Sky earlier is that, like, it reads, like, sort of a college opinion piece where it's, like, at the end, even though every opinion column is, like, it's implied that, like, this is an issue that we need to, like, do something about. Like, you don't actually have to, like, at the end wrap it up by, like, calling to action. You know what I mean? Like, 
if a college opinion essay is like racism yeah. is bad at the end yeah that's like, really fucking funny i do think we should though racism like fuck coney <laughs> no maybe <laughs> that's right coney 2012 we need to move together it's implied that you want men to reclaim their manhood you don't have to end it by being like Male artists must reclaim their manhood. No, this is like something that you said earlier. Sky was like, a lot of the problem with these is that they're just so juvenile. And that's really how I feel. I'm just like, it. it this doesn't seem like a, a Forbes writer. It reminds, that closing paragraph, like literally reminds me of like copy I wrote for like an old marketing internship. Yeah, yeah. but I'm happy <laughs> for ass, it. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a tweet that went... I think the segue I was thinking was something to do with like why did you need to to make to say this like okay so this this the the first tweet is innocuous I've just started identifying as queer over the last four months does that make me the new queer but an old black and then he says I think most men especially black men like me who come out later in life is because we don't really know it ourselves also I'm attracted to a wide range of women but not men at all so I didn't know how to ID myself, even though I haven't felt straight in years. LOL. And then he says, for me, embracing being queer was as much an intellectual journey as it was other areas. Just the way I think of structural oppression comes from not feeling heteronormative in my thinking about things. Okay, Ellis, can I just is say it gay when to I be first... attracted to a wide range of women? <laughs> can I just say when I first read it, I thought like from the first tweet, I thought he was like, oh I'm queer and then I was like oh maybe he's like gender queer or maybe I don't know and then like when he said a ri- wide range of women I was like d- just like different races like different body type like what is he talking about <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> thought he was like I I like plus size women yeah. <laughs> yeah. like he's like I'm inclusive of all I like women, women who hot don't women. shave <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then I realized he's like just saying he likes trans women I think like I think that's what the gist of it yeah. is is like he likes wi- like cis women and trans women and at the end of the day like this is just my opinion but I don't sure if you're gonna call yourself queer for dating a trans woman like sure fine like I that whatever if that's like the decided relationship you have with a trans woman you're dating or something like that's fine but you also if you like have no gay attractions like you have to acknowledge that like no one cares like no one cares that you're queer or that you call yourself queer like it's just like not important to tweet that's like my opinion on it like I think that sort of was my take too was it was like I the vibe I got when I was reading it was like this was probably a conversation that he had with his friends probably with queer friends and he probably had this realization and it was probably really important to him but it's like it was real it's really wild to see it then play out on Twitter because it's like you didn't have to because the craziest thing is that he's in the middle of a war zone (laughs) like he fucking went to Ukraine (laughs) and then decided to come out (laughs) as queer but he's on Twitter it's like chaser (laughs) Okay. He's a chaser, which is like okay. The thing is, is calling yourself queer, calling yourself gay, like well, that's the thing. Is he like, didn't say he was gay for trans women. Queer has just like that's lost. True. I mean, you can be in like a ooh, this is an interesting thing, but like you could be in like a queer dynamic and like it'd be a straight couple, I guess. Like if you're if you're a, a straight cis guy and you're dating a trans woman and you guys have talked about how that's queer, like how that how how it's queer in your relationship. Like a lot of trans women wouldn't want you to say you're queer if you were dating them, I'm sure. But some might. Like it's really just individual based. But that's why my point is like 
you just don't it's just not an important identity to tweet about like it's just like not a voice that needs to be heard like being a chaser is just like not an important voice that we like need to hear about like it just doesn't matter like it's not an important it's not like something that you need to like take pride in or like that you've been discriminated against for or that like it's just a stupid thing to tweet about especially in Kiev yeah I feel like you can you have a good take on this because like you we're in a straight relationship yeah I was gonna ask you guys like you don't have to expand but like do you feel like you're in a queer relationship or a straight one or is it straight and queer I always tell Elena I always I think it's but I always tell Elena that like I think it's queer and like as a person who like wants to be read and wants to like quote unquote like pass like in the straight world in that way like I don't really want to in the queer world but like whatever I like I still like want it to acknowledge the queerness of myself and like in that my partner acknowledging that it's queer you know what I mean and I think there are probably trans women who feel that way too and so like if he's dating a trans woman or something and that's like some conversation he had with her or something that's important to them that's great but it's like it's just like not an important identity to like boast about on the internet. That's cool. And it, and you're allowed to hold that identity and be like, yeah, I'm queer and this relationship's queer and whatever. It's like outside of the cis heteronormative structure or whatever. But like, it's not a, it's not like you saying like, hi, I'm trans and I like need healthcare or hi, I'm gay. And like, I want to be treated equally, you know, like it's just like not important because <laughs> i do think it's different than saying he's than saying gay like if he was like he was like i'm i'm gay because i like trans women it's like no that's fucked up right or like he, if he somebody was clear. like he said that exactly like he was like he was like i'm not gay like people responded in a way that i didn't really expect because like this is not something that's so out of the norm like culturally to be um like accepted as or just to like be seen as acceptable because it's like Like, I think about, like, euphoria, like, when all of these, like, when the conversations were surrounding, like, Nate's sexuality and Cal's sexuality, and it was, like, people were saying Nate had internalized homophobia because he was attracted to Jules, and it's, like, is that not exactly what you're getting mad about now? It's, like, and I think that that's, like, well yeah different people but it's like no one was really challenging that that i saw when people were like um nate has internalized homophobia and it's just like he doesn't because he's attracted to a trans woman like that's not he's not gay for that yeah i but like okay i will say this i literally like recently had like this same interaction with my friend where like we were at a show and like he met a trans girl and like on the ride back was like I'm not bisexual. I'm not attracted to men. Like, I wouldn't fuck a man. But, like, is it kind of, like, is it gay that I got her number? And I was like, n- no, dude. It's <laughs> Fellas, is it gay to get a girl's number? <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. But I, I, the point is, like, I was surprised that people got so mad at this guy because I, I hadn't really seen that, like, idea challenged before. Especially because, like, so many people were talking about that in Euphoria. And, like, it just seemed weird I mean, to I, me that it I, flipped. That makes sense. I did see a challenge in Euphoria. Like, I did see people be like, Nate's not gay yeah. for liking Jules. But, like, I don't know. I don't. I guess I don't know. I, the thing about, like, queer discourse that's so that comes up so commonly, especially on the internet, is that, like, we're not really hearing actually how... N- 
non-homogenous and like nuanced people's queer experiences and identities are when we're just seeing tweets and so like something like that conversation of that guy saying I'm queer and I'm dating a trans girl but I would never date a, a gay man or something would be a completely normal conversation to have in an in in IRL and like with gay people near you and like in in a space that was queer or something like that's a completely normal conversation that would happen but on the internet it's like everything is really um compartmentalized and also just like simplified and yeah it, and that's why you just shouldn't tweet stuff like that like i'm sorry yeah, i guess that's the, like the thesis it was here. also that's just a thesis. wild it was a wild um construct like the way it was really it really went like it was like an m night Shyamalan style twist because because like the first tweet is like oh hell yeah like and also like yeah like black masculinity like obviously none of us like are people of color we can't speak to that as much but like there are a, like very different like sort of understandings around like sexuality and masculinity and like different cultures and like you know he's like talking about his blackness too like I don't want to erase that and so he like is talking about it and it's like okay like hell yeah and then like you keep reading and then he's and then it's just the phrase that's like yeah i'm queer i'm not attracted to men at all and it's just like like record scratch moment that's like so you're sort of like wait a second no, that's it's just so the, the setup no and the, homo the, but the i'm delivery. queer no my the take is that this guy is kind of a dumbass and he didn't need to say <laughs> that on the internet <laughs> yeah. yeah that's so 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 many tweets yeah that's like this didn't need to go viral <laughs> It went viral because it's yeah. funny as fuck and because of literally, like Sky said, the way that he wrote it and also because it was tweeted from Ukraine. <laughs> um, sh- Should we wrap this up? I feel like we've been talking for a while and you yes. know how women be talking. Me. By the way, I only date chasers and I'm proud of that. How do we want to close this out? <sighs> I feel like we should end this podcast with a prayer, like a prayer yeah. maybe. <laughs> prayer for forgiveness. <laughs> We should repent. We should end with yeah. re- by repenting, repenting. Yeah, we should end this. We should end this podcast by like asking for forgiveness for our sins. Probably. Does anyone come home after a long day of podcasting and you're just like exhausted? Like, I hope, I hope my my husband is like cooked a nice dinner for me and like has a beer I haven't, out because I haven't. I'm tired. I have Cheez Its in bed. Get in the kitchen, babe. <laughs>